Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Main Street Finance Podcast. And today we're going to be talking about stocks. What are they? Why do companies sell stock? And how you can get wealthy off of them. You're listening to the Main Street Finance Podcast, where we take the Wall Street bull by the horns to help you achieve your financial goals. Whether it's budgeting, investing, or financial independence, we tackle the big questions in the pursuit of financial literacy. And now, your host. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. So what are stocks? Well, Stocks are a representation of ownership in a company. So if you own shares in a company, that means that you are a partial owner of the company. That means you have an equal right to the assets and the income of a company. Let's go ahead and do a small example here just to illustrate. Let's say you and your kid decide to start a lemonade stand. Say you come to an arrangement with your daughter that she is going to start a lemonade stand, you're going to put up the money, she's going to do the work, and then y'all split the money 50-50 at the end. Let's say for some realism that you guys decide there's going to be 100 shares of the company. So there's only 100 shares, and those 100 shares add up to 100% of owning the company. So your daughter gets 50 shares, and you get 50 shares. So in effect, you each own 50%. So let's say over the course of a weekend, she sells 50 cups of lemonade at a dollar per cup. So in finance terms, your revenue would be $50. So that's also called top-line revenue. And that just means money you brought in with no consideration for the costs. We have $50 of top-line revenue, or just top-of-the-line revenue, just money she brought in. 50 cups of lemonade at a dollar per cup. So we brought in $50, and then let's say the cost of the disposable cups, maybe the sign to put up that says the lemonade, the ice, the pitchers, all the costs together came up to $30. What we have is $50 of revenue, and then $30 of costs which means your earnings at the end of the day are $20. So at the end of the weekend, you've got $20 of earnings, and that's just the earnings for the period. So if there are 100 shares, then you have an earnings per share of $0.20. So you take the total earnings of $20, and you divide it by the 100 shares that are currently outstanding or that are active. So you get an earnings per share of $0.20. And since you own 50 shares, that's 50 shares times $20, That's $10. So your share of the earnings is $10, which of course means that you earn $10 and she earned $10. So publicly traded companies work the same way. You get top line revenue of the company doing business. You have costs associated with getting that revenue, and that filters down into your earnings. Well, those earnings get split into earnings per share because you have potentially billions of shares out there. And typically what you have are owners that own multiple shares. So... To get how much your share of the earnings are, you take all of your shares and your earnings per share, and you multiply them together. In the case of our lemonade stand, you owned 50 shares, and the earnings for the company were 20 cents per share. So 50 shares times 20 cents, your share of the earnings was $10. Now that we have the simple example out of the way, let's take a more real-life example. Let's look at Walmart. So I have to say, the reason I'm picking Walmart is because it's the Fortune 1 company. It's the company with the highest amount of revenues, not necessarily because I'm recommending it. It's just an example that I believe most people would understand quite easily. So I'm making this recording in June of 2020, and the numbers I pulled are straight off of their annual reports. So these numbers go back for the past 12 months as of the date that I'm recording this. So the point is here to do an example and not necessarily to accurately report how they did. So let's just go ahead and look and see how this went. 
For the past 12 months, Walmart had top-line revenue of $524 billion. So that doesn't include any costs. That's just straight up, that's how much money they brought in. And then I didn't look up the costs because it doesn't really matter. So they had revenues of $524 billion. And at the end of that, their earnings, what they kept after all expenses, was $14.88 billion. If any of you don't know, Walmart is a publicly traded company, which means you, me, and everybody can go and buy shares or buy ownership in Walmart. So their earnings for the last 12 months were $14.88 billion. Now, Walmart has 2.9 billion shares that are outstanding. So you take that $14.88 billion and you divide that by $2.9 billion, and what you end up with is an earnings per share of $5.26. What that means is if you owned one share of Walmart, then for the past year, your one share or your portion of Walmart's earnings was $5.26. What that was was just an example of how stocks work. Essentially, you can go and purchase small itty-bitty pieces of a company, and then because you own the company, part of those revenues become yours. And that's really the basics of how stocks work. But let's take a step back and really look at how these things are managed. A question you might have is, why do stocks go public? Why do companies decide to sell stock? Well, it's a way that they can make money. Essentially, how a company starts is you usually have one or a handful of people start a company, the company grows, and eventually it gets to a certain point where the owners decide that it might be more advantageous to go public. And the reason they go public is to raise money for the business. Typically what happens are the owners will keep a certain portion so they can remain in control, but they will sell other portions of ownership so that they can raise some money from the public to further their operations, grow bigger, and just be more successful and make more money. They go public, which means they're selling part of their ownership, which means they own less of the company. They're selling that stock to the public in order to bring in lots and lots of money. The gamble they're making is that they're bringing in that lots and lots of money so that they can expand operations, grow their business, and eventually make a ton more money from the company. What they're doing is hoping to take that money and grow the company and the revenues and earnings so much that even though they own less of the company, the company is making so much more money so that at the end of the day, the money they're making is more than what they had when they were the sole owners of the company. A private company can go public through a process known as an IPO. That's an initial public offering, or the first time that shares are offered to the public that they can purchase. I'm going to have a future episode on the specifics of an IPO. But all you really need to know is that at a certain point, they decide to sell their shares. Let's say they decide to sell 100 million shares. Well, if they sell those shares at $10 each, then that 100 million shares times $10 each means that they pull in a billion dollars. And they take that billion dollars and reinvest it into the company, and hopefully they're able to grow the earnings. Another reason that companies can go public are to make their early investors a lot of money and give them a chance to sell out. So take a company like Uber. For those of you that watch Shark Tank, you know Chris Saka, the guy that wears those crazy Texan shirts every episode, and it almost seems like it's the same shirt every time. Chris Saka bought a portion of Uber before it went public, so it was still a private company. He made a deal with the current owners to buy a certain percentage of Uber. Well, he was making some earnings, but the real money is when a company goes public. So you have the original owners, and then investors come in, which if you watch Shark Tank, it's exactly like that. People pitch their company to a bunch of rich people, and the rich people decide if they want to buy a portion of it. Well, when the company finally does go public, the portion of ownership that those angel investors put in turns into shares of stock, which they can then sell on the open market to make a lot more money or hold on to it, hoping that the stock price goes up. 
I don't want to go too far into that, but the two reasons that a company will go public will be to A, raise a bunch of money so that they can increase operations and increase the ownership of the company, hoping that they can get even richer. And the second reason is to make their early angel investors a ton of money by allowing them to finally sell out their shares to go to the public. In effect, this allows them to liquidate their holdings of the company or liquidate a portion of it to turn their 10% ownership into some immediate cash. A question you might have is, okay, so I'm a part owner of the company, that means I get some ownership, but how does that mean I can manage the company? Well, when a company has a billion shares outstanding, it's really hard to get a billion people together to decide how to manage a company. And even then, owners of companies that size don't typically manage too much anyway. So what happens is you get a proxy. So instead of you personally having to manage the company, even though you may own one one billionth of the company, what happens is you elect somebody to go in and do it for you. If you think about it, it's a lot like government, in that you don't directly make laws, but you elect people who do. Now, who are those people? Well, those people are the board of directors. Now, I'm sure a lot of you have heard of, you know, the board, the board of directors, who's the president or chairman of the board. The board of directors are a group of people that are elected by the shareholders to hire the CEO, fire the CEO, deal with the top management, and really, in no uncertain terms, enforce the shareholder will on the senior management of a company. So your rights as the shareholder are to a partial ownership of the company, a portion of the assets and revenues of the company, and to cast your vote for the board of directors who then manage the managers of a company. If you've ever heard of a company having an annual meeting, the U.S. government requires that every publicly traded company have at least an annual meeting. And at that annual meeting, it's a place for the shareholders to all get together and elect the new board of directors. Depending on the company and how they were established, it could be something where the entire board of directors is replaced at once, or it might be what's known as a staggered board. So it might be like, say there's 10 people on a board of directors, it might be that every year, three of them are up for election. So you don't get a whole new group of people every time, but you do kind of cycle through the board and elect new people every year. Now, in a lot of cases, it's really hard to get tens of millions of shareholders into one place. So instead, what there are are proxy voting, which in a lot of cases, you can do it online or you can mail it in. But every year, if you own stock in a company, you are going to get probably an email or a letter in the mail that says, hey, the annual meeting is coming up. If you can't make it, here's your proxy vote. Here are the people running for the board of directors. Cast your vote and mail it in. Or log on to this website. Here's your code and cast your vote online. And then whoever wins that election for the board of directors, they then serve on the board of directors for however long the company's charter or operating agreement allows them to. And they then manage the managers. Another question you might have is, how do I know if I want to buy into a company? Well, according to U.S. law, and I would imagine for most of the developed world, Whenever you are interested in buying a company, now this isn't just publicly traded, this is any company, even a private business or your daughter's lemonade stand. According to the law, if you are planning on purchasing a company, you have a right to see previous years of financials. So you get to see their balance sheet, which shows what the company owns and how much the loans are on those assets, and also the income statement, which is how much in revenues is the company bringing in, how much in expenses there are, and what are the end of the day earnings. Now, in a lot of cases, if it's a private business, you usually got to sign a contract, a non-disclosure agreement, and then they'll give you the information so that you can decide if you want to buy into the company. But with public companies, that's a little bit different. Since anybody at any time can buy shares, which are a portion of ownership in the company, since anyone can buy those at any time, 
Publicly traded companies are required to publish their financials very regularly to everybody. It's public. So at any time, you can go to a company's website. Typically, if the company is publicly traded, there's going to be a section on their website that says Investor Relations. And then from there, they make everything public. You can go see how much in revenues did Walmart have last year, how much in assets do they have, how much money do they owe to banks, et cetera, et cetera. They are forced to make everything public because at any time, any member of the public can go purchase ownership in it. Now, in the U.S., companies are required to publish all of their financials every quarter or quarter of a year or three months. Now, depending on the company, it depends on if their year starts in January, maybe their year starts in March, maybe their year starts in February. Companies have the right to set whatever year they want. So it may not be every March, June, etc. So what matters is every quarter, a company has to release their financials to everybody, and they post it online for anyone and everyone to see. If you're researching companies, whether it's to buy them or just because you're curious, you can either go to each company's website or they have a lot of financial websites where they just aggregate all the data and put it all together in one place. So you can just bounce back and forth from company to company just to see how they're doing. Some of my favorites to do that are CNBC. They have an app and a website that work really well. MarketWatch is another good one or Yahoo Finance is also a good one. And what these companies do are every quarter, whenever a company releases their earnings to the public, they have a guy that jumps in, takes all the important data, and then puts it in a nice clean spot for you to go and just look it up. Now, that brings us to another important part. How are stocks identified, or how are companies identified for something easy for people to look up? Well, each company on the U.S. Stock Exchange has what's known as a ticker symbol. And what that ticker symbol is, is it's going to be between one and four letters, and those letters are kind of a code for people to look up the company. For example, Walmart is WMT. Now, companies get to choose their ticker, assuming that whatever they want isn't taken already. And a lot of times it's related to the company. So Walmart is WMT, which can kind of be an abbreviation for Walmart. And then you have others like Coke. Coca-Cola's ticker is KO. In most cases, the ticker is going to be some form of the name, but it doesn't have to be. So it's really helpful to know what the ticker is for various companies, so that way you can easily go look them up. So instead of going to Yahoo Finance and typing in Walmart, you can just type WMT and it comes up instantly. They just know what you're talking about because that's the ticker, and tickers are unique to companies. They can't copy. So as a person who has the right to go and purchase any company they want, as many shares of any company they want, you also have the right to know how a company is doing, which means every quarter a company has to publish all of their financials for anyone and everyone to see because at any point anyone and everyone can go and buy those shares so they have a right to know how that company is doing. So how you would do that is you'd go to Yahoo Finance, CNBC, MarketWatch, anything like that, and you're able to look them up using the ticker or you can type out the whole company name, whatever and you're able to pull up their financials. If you're bored at any point, you can go on Yahoo Finance, CNBC, and just type in a company. If it's publicly traded, you're going to be able to see, here's how much money they made over the last three months, here's how much over the last year, and then usually there's an option where you can see previous years. Here's how they did in 2016, here's how they did in 2017, etc., etc. And using that information, you are able to discern if a certain company is one worthwhile for you to buy into, and that's the whole purpose of this whole process. So let's get into why you would be purchasing shares. Well, the same reason you'd buy any company, really, and that's to make you wealthy. So the question becomes, how does buying stocks in publicly traded companies make me wealthy or grow my wealth? Well, in general, stocks make you money two ways. 
and that is capital appreciation and dividend payouts. Not all companies pay out a dividend, so let's go ahead and start with capital appreciation. At its most basic level, capital appreciation is someone buying that stock from you at a higher price than you purchased it. And what that simply means is you bought Walmart at $80 a share, and then at some point in the future you sold it for $100 a share. So it made you money because you bought it at 80 sold it at 100 and thus you made $20 per share. Now, why would a stock price go up? Well, at its most basic level, there's only one thing that makes stock prices go up or down, and that is the amount of people buying and the amount of people selling. Simple supply and demand. If more people are buying than selling, the stock price is going to go up because you have more people trying to get it than there are trying to get rid of it. So the price goes up because supply and demand just works that way. The stock price goes down because more people are selling than there are buying it. So people are willing to sell for lower and lower prices because they're just trying to get rid of it for whatever reason. So the important thing to remember here is that no matter what article you read that says XYZ company went down for this reason or XYZ company went up for this reason, no one truly knows the reason for why stocks go up and down. The only thing that makes these prices change are, are more people buying or are more people selling? And there's no real way to know the reason behind that. Now, it could be that people are just losing faith in that company and going, you know what, it's worthless, I don't like it, it's not going to be making much money, or it's not going to be doing as well as I thought it was going to do, so I'm going to sell it. Or it could just be that they have an expense they need to pay for. Maybe you're trying to pay for your daughter's wedding and all your money's tied up in stocks, so you got to sell some. Well, in that case, you're part of the people selling, which you might be one of the ones tipping the scales between more people selling than there are buying. So the stock price is going down, but it's not because you don't like the company. It might just be because you need the money. So the point of this is no one really knows why a stock is going up or going down. Now, there could be some particular specific reason why most people would be selling, but really the only reason stocks go up or down is because supply and demand. Are more people buying or are more people selling? So what's a good long-term reason why people would be buying or why does the stock market mostly go up? Well, it's typically because companies tend to make more and more money every year, whether that be by maybe they're selling to more people, maybe they're selling more stuff, or maybe they're just raising the prices on their stuff higher than inflation. But in some way, companies usually make more money the next year than they make this year. So the idea is if Walmart's selling $50 billion worth of stuff today and you purchase it, well, you're purchasing it today at them selling $50 billion worth of stuff. If in 10 years they're selling $500 billion worth of stuff, well, then they're making a lot more money. So because they're making a lot more money, people are going to want the stock more. So they're going to be buying, 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 which more people buying versus people selling means the stock price is going to go up. So because you bought the stock while they were only selling $50 billion worth of stuff, and now they're selling $500 billion worth of stuff, the company is making more money, meaning they're worth more, which means people are willing to pay for your shares more than what you bought them for. And that is the core of how you can make money by owning stocks, just in capital appreciation. You're buying today with the expectation that they're going to do better in the future. And if they're doing better in the future, you can sell your shares for a higher price than what you paid for it. And that is how you can generate wealth with stocks. Now, let's get into my favorite part of the earnings that you can get, and that's going to be dividends. Now, a dividend is a portion of the earnings that a company decides to pay out to shareholders in the form of just cash. So what that means is that 
a company operates for three months, they release their quarterly earnings, and then they decide, hey, we're going to take a portion of these earnings, and we're just going to give it to our shareholders because, hey, you guys earn the company, you guys get a portion of this, so Merry Christmas, here you go. And when I say it's a cash payment, it is a cash payment. You get cash deposited to your investment account where you hold the shares. So I'm going to say this one more time because when I explain this to people in person, they don't believe it. So I'm going to do this one more time. Yes, if you own shares in a company that pays a dividend every three months, as long as they keep declaring a dividend, you will get cash deposited in your investment account just for being an owner of the company. Let's go ahead and let's go into an example. I went ahead and I pulled Walmart's data for the past year so that I can have a real life example of what this looks like in practice. So for the last 12 months, as of the recording of this podcast, Walmart had $524 billion in revenue. So that's just top-line revenue. That's just what they earn from selling stuff. If you subtract out the costs associated with getting that revenue, you know, paying the rent on the buildings, paying the loans on some buildings, paying their employees, paying for the stuff they sold, et cetera, et cetera, that $524 billion in revenues turns into $14.88 billion in earnings. Now, remember, earnings is just what they have at the end of the day. It's the profits. It's what they actually kept of that $524 billion. So Walmart had earnings of $14.88 billion, and the amount of shares that are owned by the public are $2.9 billion. So if you owned one share of the company, your one share of that $14.88 billion was worth $5.26. Of that earnings... $5.26 was your earnings because you're a shareholder. That was your portion. Now, Walmart did declare a dividend, and that dividend was $2.16. So if you would have owned Walmart over the past 12 months, Walmart did business, and your one share was responsible for earning $5.26. Now, of that $5.26, Walmart decided to keep a certain amount of that. So of that $5.26, Walmart decided to pay you cash $2.16, and it kept the remainder in the business. So what that's called is retained earnings. So they paid you your dividend, and then they retained the rest to invest into the company. Now, that might have been to pay down loans, that might have been to open new stores, that might have been to give employees raises, whatever. They paid you out your $2.16, and they retained the rest of it to continue their operations to hopefully make more money next year. Some important terms when it comes to dividends are your dividend payout ratio, and what that ratio is, is of the earnings per share, how much did they pay out in cash versus how much did they retain. So in this case, you were paid $2.16 of your earnings of $5.26. So if you do that division, that gives you a payout ratio of 41%. And what that tells you is that of every dollar in earnings that Walmart gets, they pay out $0.41 cents to shareholders, and they retain that 59% to increase the business. Now, the second term we're going to go over is the yield. Now, the yield is just your percentage return, which is just your dividends versus the share price of the company. So in this case, the share price as of this recording is $119. So for you to own one share of Walmart stock, it'll cost you $119. Now, if you would have had that share over the last 12 months and gotten that $2.16 in dividends, you have earned $2.16 divided by your $119 for the share price, so you would get a yield of 1.83%. So you get paid that cash, but you still own the stock. 
that cash is just, hey, thanks for being an owner. We operated, we made a ton of money, here's your portion. So a yield percentage is really important when it comes to comparing companies. So Walmart might be $119 per share, but Coca-Cola is $46 per share. So Coca-Cola also pays a dividend. They are $46 per share, but over the past 12 months, they paid out $1.64. So they paid out less than Walmart, but their share price is also worth a little bit less than Walmart. So that $1.64 turns into a 3.49% yield. So the percentage is only there to compare it. So with Walmart, you still made more money. You made the $2.16, but it was only a 1.8% yield because you paid $119 to get that $2.16. But with Coca-Cola, you paid $46 to get $1.64. Like most things, it's all relative. All the dividend yield tells you is for the amount of money you spent to purchase that share of stock, this is how much you would make in dividends. So let's go ahead and recap what we learned today. What are stocks? Stocks are a partial ownership in a company, which guarantees you a percentage of the assets of the company, as well as the revenues of the company. How do you know if you want to buy a stock? Well, publicly traded companies are forced to release their earnings every three months to the public so that you can look at their financials and determine if it's something that you want to purchase. And since you're a part owner of the company, you get the right to vote for who gets to sit on the board of directors, and the board of directors manages the CEO and the rest of the senior management to be able to act in line with serving the shareholders. And those companies decide to go public because they want to either cash out their current investments or they just want to raise money so that they can make more money in the future. And why would you want to buy stocks? Well, you want to buy stocks because they increase your wealth. They increase your wealth by capital appreciation, which means people are going to buy your shares from you for a higher price than you paid for it, and with dividends, which is a division of the company's earnings, which is just paid out to you straight cash. Alrighty, guys, and we're going to go ahead and close out the show there. Don't forget to enter for a chance to win a free copy of the book, Retire Before Mom and Dad. The entry instructions are in the last episode, which is episode 8, as well as on the show's Twitter account, at Main Street Money. The deadline for submitting entries is tomorrow, Wednesday, June 24th, at 11.59 p.m., and I'll see you guys and gals on Friday for yet another bonus episode of the Main Street Finance Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Main Street Finance Podcast. Have a question on today's topics or have suggestions for future episodes? Send an email to mainstfinance at gmail.com. Sharing is caring, so if you learned something new and useful today, make sure you share with friends and family. Don't forget to like and subscribe to be notified of new episodes. For demonstrations and more examples, be sure to check out the YouTube channel. We'll see you next time.